0: Welcome to Create Shift, a podcast to support, encourage and inspire you to live your most purposeful and holistic life. I'm your host, Ellen of Being Change. I'm a yoga teacher, writer and purposeful and holistic living advocate based in Manchester, UK. Thank you so much for joining me on this adventure. Thank you for joining me for today's solo episode of Create Shift. This is the first in my special seasonal episodes. So the podcast, um, my idea for the podcast uh, is that it's released seasonally. um, By which I mean a new season of the podcast, gets a bit confusing, is released in line with the change in the seasons in nature. And the reason... I wanted to do this is because um, over the past couple of years, as I've been thinking about all the kind of different changes I've been making in my life towards more purposeful and holistic living and, and all of that stuff, seasonal living and tuning into the seasons has become such a big part of that. And I really think that if you do want to live a more holistic life you absolutely need to connect to the seasons and like actually I think that we need to connect to the seasons in order to be a healthy human so I really wanted to make the seasonal thing an element of the show and I think like I'm a big fan of simple ways to start making these sorts of changes And I think, you know, sometimes if we talk about seasonal living and wanting to make changes to live more seasonally, we can start to get a bit freaked out that that's going to be massive and it's going to mean huge changes to our diets and our lifestyle that we just think isn't going to be possible. And so therefore we don't try. And I think little things like if you know that my podcast is released in line with the change in the seasons, then when I put a new season of the show out, that is just another reminder to you that there's a change in the seasons happening outside and maybe you think about that a little bit more. And like something really simple that I do every season is change the background picture on my phone to something that represents that season to me. And that's just a really nice um, quick thing that I can do that just helps me remember to connect to the season. Um, So yeah, I'm a big fan of things like that. So this, obviously, is the winter season of the podcast, so today I'm going to be chatting to you about um, seasonal living, I don't really want to say tips and advice, that makes it sound like a quick tip thing, Um, and it's so much more complex than that, but I am going to be sharing with you uh, things that I have found interesting in my journey, things that have worked for me things that I think might be beneficial for you to know um and then I'll do that for each season as we move through. So I, I do absolutely think that seasonal living and being mindful of the seasons can be beneficial to us all wherever we are what whatever our circumstances. I think particularly in a western society or you know speaking from my experience living in the UK our society our culture our working lives and everything is very set up for us to just be um on all the time and there sort of is only one rhythm we're expected to be at and that's very fast-paced and like if we look around us at nature the natural world is not um on that mono rhythm it's changing it's fluctuating and and we are part of nature and we're not designed to be on the same rhythm all the time so I really think acknowledging that if you do live in um in the UK or in, in a similar western culture I think that is really beneficial I do want to say that um I think the whole seasonal living conversation is a lot deeper than a lot of what we see and might encounter kind of in the online space when we start to search for that and, and dive into things, um, you know, whether that's just seeing that people are taking pictures of a flower or they're doing a Christmas wreath making workshop, which like don't get me wrong, I think those things are great Um, and I think eating seasonally is great, sort of shopping um, for your produce in line with what's in season where you live is fantastic, Um, But I think there's a lot of the conversation missing from those things. So I hope to add to a little bit of that. But I also really want to acknowledge that there's even more that I know that I can't add to. You know, this is coming from my own experience as a white British person living in the UK. And, you know, living in a place where there are seasons as well. You might be listening and you might not really get those seasonal fluctuations in in the weather. Um, And I think... There's also so much that you could dive into, and I'd really like to dive into um, if I find a guest who could be an expert to talk to me about this on the podcast, about um, thinking about seasonal living in connection to your ancestry. Um, Because I've heard some really interesting conversations about that kind of thing and about where we're from and our lineage and our heritage having an impact on how we might need to live seasonally or 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 not yeah (laughs) it it, i i'm not going to go any further there but because i don't have the knowledge but i just want to to acknowledge that what i'm saying is not the be all and end all of seasonal living there's so much more to explore and i think i'd love for you to listen to this conversation through the filter of your personal experience because I don't know what it's like to be you in the world only you know that and so what I'd love to give you with this conversation is just a little bit of an insight into things you might want to think about an insight into things that have have been interesting for me and a starting point really to help you connect to your own experience and to consider things that you might want to do in ways that you might benefit from tuning into seasonal living um, I also wanted to mention that a lot of what I am exploring about seasonal living at the moment is uh, kind of through the filter of Ayurveda um, and Ayurvedic thinking and practices and theory. And Ayurveda is the sister science of yoga. It's an ancient Indian um, science, the whole holistic practice. If you haven't listened to the episode that was released last week, um, so it's episode... I've got a count now. (laughs) Episode four of season one. It's with um, Emma Newlin. And we talk a lot about Ayurveda and kind of the basic concepts of Ayurveda in that episode. So if you're interested in that, I really recommend heading over there to listen and sort of get a bit deeper into Ayurveda and what it is. But um, in essence, in a nutshell... Ayurveda is very much based on seasonal, a seasonal way of being and adapting the way that we live in response to what's going on in the world around us and the seasons and the way that things change and fluctuate and acknowledging that our whole being and our whole way of being in the world changes and fluctuates as the natural seasons do. So, yeah, a lot of what I've been working with over the past couple of years has come through that, that filter and you know this is just my experience up to this point in my life in a few years time I might have more to add to this conversation this is just where I'm at right now and hopefully it'll be helpful for you as well so yeah winter um so I'm recording this in January right now it's really foggy outside where I am and it's quite cold it's kind of Uh, really feeling like winter at the moment here in the north of England and I know that a lot of people really talk about how much they dislike winter and find it very hard for a lot of different reasons and um, I don't know if I've ever been one of those people who have ever hated winter I tend to like each season I like the changes in the seasons and then I sort of get a bit bored of the season and want the next one but um so January late January and February I tend to find a bit harder because I'm sort of like oh I want the light now and you know I'm ready for a bit more getting a bit itchy to to get a bit more active in in my life um but I definitely think over the past couple of years I've started to appreciate winter a lot more and what it can do for us if we if we let it and if we kind of lean into how it affects us And I I think that's the whole thing about about seasonal living practice that's inspired by Ayurveda is it's about acknowledging how the seasons affect us and leaning into that and going with that, perhaps rather than going against it, which I think a lot of our society, you know, as I said at the start, is built up to go against how the season naturally affects us and, and makes us want to be. And I think that's where we can encounter a lot of issues so you know I do really want to acknowledge that the winter can be really challenging for some people and and the seasonal affective disorder is a very real difficult thing um and if you are listening and feeling very very low very depressed um what I'm saying is maybe might be helpful for you of course but it's, it's it's probably not enough like if you are feeling in that really low place then Um, I would always advise going to speak to your healthcare professional and and seeking help through different channels like that and through, um, other support that you can access. So I want to acknowledge that it's not all just about, oh, just change the way that you're being in the world and just change your routine and you'll feel loads better because I know that, um, it can be really challenging. Um... But for a lot of us who are saying that we we find winter very challenging, I do think that a lot of this practice of leaning into what it can give us can be really, really helpful. Um, So one big thing that I really like to do, that I've been doing over the past year, that seems really simple when I say it. um, I guess like a lot of these things seem really common sense, but we just don't think about them until someone mentions it. You know, you don't think about it until you think about it um if that makes any sense <laughs> so one thing I really like to do is is look outside look at nature and the natural world around me and look at what it's doing um, at the time of year whatever time of year it is and use that as inspiration for my life so then asking myself how can I incorporate that into my life in some way so if we look outside in winter Yes, everything seems quite bare and quite dead. You know, a lot of people might be like, I hate looking outside in winter because it's so depressing. I don't think it is, um, because I like to think about what's going on underneath the ground as well. And I like to think about the whole cycle of everything. So I think about that specific season, but I also think about how that's part of the whole cycle of the seasons. And, you know, flowers can't bloom all year long. Most trees can't have beautiful leaves, beautiful blossoms all year long. Um, Things change. And in order for new growth to come in the spring, this kind of fallow period, this quieter period, needs to be present in the winter. So I like to think about what's going on underneath the ground or inside of the trees, inside of the plants, that there's all this preparation going on. Um, Because they know. Trees, I read this um book about trees i think the secret life of trees i think it's called and i'll, I'll link to it in the show notes i'll find out the title specifically if that's not it but just talking about how intelligent trees are and how they they can of course track the seasons and where we are in the seasons which is why they can get thrown off if we have um an exceptionally warm uh autumn for example and you know all the different effects that kind of climate change could be having on our flora and fauna and um tree life I don't know I said that because I don't know if trees are included in flora, flora and fauna that's bad isn't it I should look that up um, but there we go constantly learning um yeah so I like to think about what's going on underneath the ground and inside of the the trees and the, and the plants and everything and how there's all this preparation for the wonderful blossoming that we see in spring so it's kind of like a um a conserving of energy and a uh planting the the seeds laying the groundwork for what's to come and I really love to relate that and translate that into my own life in terms of kind of if I'm thinking about my work um I might translate that in the way that okay I might think in the winter time I'm not going to launch a big new project I'm not going to push myself to um really Go for this brand new thing, this high ambitious goal. I'm going to just keep working on my plans for the upcoming year, making sure I'm doing the groundwork, making sure I'm caring for myself, um, my body, my mind, my spirit, all of that, so that then when the spring comes, I'm ready. I'm there with my plans, I've got things in place, I can like go straight into it. I've got the energy and I've really got the focus, and I can be like, boom, I know what I'm doing, and I'm really gonna blossom in the spring. Um, and that's easier said than done obviously um sometimes and um that's only sort of for half of my work so for I work part-time in an office I don't have that amount of control there obviously over the the um the output you know there's stuff that I need to get done Mm. but um if we can control when and how we work on a project. I think that's really beneficial to think of winter as that kind of laying the groundwork for the spring, kind of bringing that sort of stable grounding in, tilling the soil, um, making sure everything's just ready. Um, And if you can't, if you are, you know, working an office job, working a nine to five or whatever it is, and, and you've got sort of deadlines to meet that you can't say no to, you can't be like, oh no, it's the winter, so I'm not going to do that, let's do it in the spring. Um, I think it's just being mindful of the way that you work and the way that you expect yourself to work. So maybe reminding yourself that in the winter it's okay to be a bit slower and a bit more steady. So in Ayurvedic theory we've got uh, the three doshas um, and they're kind of like energies or qualities that are around in in us and in the seasons in food we eat kind of in everything um and again I refer you to the episode with Emma um season one episode four because we break those down a lot more um, but each season has a dominant dosha and the dominant dosha for winter time is um kapha so each season has a couple of doshas but the dominant one for winter time is kapha and the kapha dosha um is all about uh it's, it's like associated with the earth and with water so if you think about kind of like mud um <laughs> is that really nice image of, of mud it's kind of it's got that heavy quality that kind of like it's not going to move quickly um but a real positive quality of kappa is that it's um steady and able to keep going and endure so it might be that if you're working on a big project in the winter time, you think right it's not going to be uh, I don't want to work to a tight deadline I'm going to make sure that I've got the space to to work on it over a few weeks so that I can just keep working on it steadily and slowly um and and really embrace that quality of winter in that way um and again that might not be an option for everybody and you might have to work to a tight deadline and I think if that's the case you know don't beat yourself up about it and go oh well I can't live seasonally because you can it's all about doing what you can um and then you might just say, right, okay, well, I'm going to have to do this this hard work at work, um, but then maybe I just make sure that my evenings are slower and calmer and gentler and that I'm not going to go out a lot over this period whilst I've got this big project on and it's the winter time. I'm just going to make sure in the evening I can come back, chill out with some candles, have some nice food, uh, read a book, maybe go to bed early. Um, big advocate for going to bed early in the winter and sleeping more and Ayurveda, really says that as well and it's natural it's common sense if you think about it it the light is just not as present in the winter um and we are set up to respond to our external environment and if you think before the invention of electricity which is you know really just around to help us keep active and to work for longer before that when the sun goes down maybe you're going to pop a candle on for a little bit and then you're going to go to bed and you're going to get tired and the body, if we let it, naturally responds to that and starts to get tired earlier and wants and craves more sleep and that's okay like I used to be a person who would really feel lazy if I felt like lying in more or if I was sleeping too long and I'd have a go at myself um, and now if I want to sleep more in the winter I just let myself, I try I don't always achieve this but I try to let myself go to bed early, get up a bit later, um, and I always feel better for that, because it's a natural way to do it, um, again, looking outside, animals are hibernating, the, the trees aren't in, like, full bloom, they're not active, they're not producing so much, they're not using so much energy, so it really seems to make sense, so I think that's a really big one that we can, hopefully help ourselves achieve in the winter. Sorry, I keep having a drink because my voice is going a bit my throat's going a bit dry today. Um <clears throat> so what else um uh, is there in the winter that we can see? I think the sense of um quiet and, and the darkness that is around in the winter um always makes me think of a more kind of introspective way of being. And I really like to embrace this in the winter as well. Um, I mean, especially I think about this a lot when it comes to the winter solstice, which is around the twenty first of December. Sometimes it's a little bit later. Um, in twenty eighteen, there's the one just gone. It was on the twenty first, um, and that's officially when winter starts, actually, um, if you're going by the pagan wheel of the year. Um, but a lot of people think winter started a lot earlier than that. Um, and the solstice is an interesting one actually because it's the shortest day so when we have the longest nights the most darkness so it's when we celebrate the return of the light the gradual return of the light so it's kind of that that balance um of allowing the darkness and the introspection and the slowing down and the sleeping more and the hibernating and like I I do quite a lot of journaling around the solstice kind of digging into how I feel how the year's felt to me, what I'm feeling about the next sort of cycle of the year. Um, And I try and do longer meditation, I try and do a slower yoga practice. Um, So yin or restorative yoga, which involves a lot of long holds, a lot of breathing deeply, um, and just sort of being with the breath in a more meditative way. Well, I think all yoga can be meditative, but (laughs) with more of a focus on that kind of meditative quality that word is meditative sorry I said that really quickly um yeah so um yeah I think this thing about darkness and light and kind of celebrating the return of the light in the winter is a really interesting um thing to think about because it it feels like two different things of like winter feels really dark to us but actually the start of the winter if we're taking it from the pagan wheel of the year the 21st or whenever the solstice falls is the point at which the light starts to return and that it feels like a bit of a um juxtaposition or you know um contrasting things um and i think this reflects in a lot of um winter practices that I found beneficial because to me it's kind of like a balance of um really allowing myself to hibernate and be slow and so to allow myself to laze around a bit more to focus on slower yoga practices so I I definitely won't do a fast dynamic yoga practice every day in the winter um I won't run in the winter I don't really run anyway um (laughs) but uh and that's a real thing where it's kind of really dependent on you and your personality and your um constitution um some people might really need to run in the winter um so it's fine I'm not I'm not saying like don't do that but I think in terms of movement um in the winter there is more of a tendency to to want to slow it down to be softer um to like laze around and eat more um which i'm sure we're all familiar with uh, definitely because we've had the festive period just just happened um and i think that's all okay like i think we beat ourselves up about um oh i ate loads over christmas and stuff um and you know maybe sometimes what we're eating might not be i don't want to say it's bad um i don't like thinking of food is good and bad uh, but you know we might be eating lots of sugar and and we might feel that that doesn't feel good for us in, in our system but in general eating more in the winter like absolutely go for it eat more sleep more move more slowly um that's that's how I really feel about it um I went off on a bit of a tangent there um so yes but I do think um and i the ayurvedic kind of advice for for the winter kind of movement and stuff echoes this uh is a, it's a balance between that that slow and steady stuff and the gentle restorative that might be supported by props and, and really just releasing and keeping up some strength um and keeping a bit of fire going inside of us um ayurveda talks about the the agni which is the digestive fire and that's really really vital for helping us to keep everything balanced and harmonious inside of us because if that goes out, if that fire goes out, our digestion's gonna be bad and sluggish and then we're not gonna be getting the nutrients that we need around our body and I think we all know that feeling of when um normally for me it does happen over the Christmas period of like I've sat down too long, I've watched too much T V watched too many movies, eaten too many chocolates and I feel that like oh is the definition of sluggish, I think. Um So I do think it is about balancing that kind of darkness with the light, that real slow, introspective, giving yourself the time out, being gentle, doing the gentle practices with keeping some strength going, keeping some movement going, keeping some of that fire burning. Some things that I like to do um, in my personal practice to keep that fire going is... Um, I drink hot water with lemon every morning um, and often in the winter time I'll pop some fresh ginger in there as well which is really great for stimulating digestive fire Um, and in general as well um, Ayurveda talks about in terms of foods that we eat in the winter uh, it does really mention spicy not overly spicy, you don't want to go too hot and fiery in the winter but mildly spiced foods and ginger is a very good one um, to really keep that digestive fire Happy and working. Um, I like to incorporate some nice twisting movements into my movement practice um and also nice movements for the winter time are things that open the chest the heart space work around the lungs um and the muscles in between the lungs the the in between the rib cage the intercostal muscles the so stuff that opens up the side body um if you could see me i'm wiggling around um and probably look really funny um <laughs> um but stuff like that is really good because we we tend to sort of close down a little bit physically in the colder months you know we we um you think about being cozy, you're gonna snuggle up and you're gonna if you just do that action, like of wrapping a blanket around you, you might feel that your heart space, um, is is closing down a bit. Um, by which I mean your um your figurative heart space. I don't mean literally your heart inside your chest is closing down. I mean that space around where your heart is, that space that you feel kind of those strong emotions like love and stuff like that 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 figurative heart space um i think we all know what that means i hope mm. so stuff that opens that and that's really going to help to um uh balance out hopefully um or well not balance out but help us to to counteract the tendency in the winter to to have kind of chest infections or kind of coughs and colds and that type of thing. If we're opening up this space, that can very much help with that kind of issue that might crop up in the winter wintertime. Um, I also like to do quite a lot of stuff in the winter to help my immune system stay healthy and functioning well. Um, so some simple things that I like to do for that um, are... Um, well yoga postures that that work with the the space of the neck so stretching out the neck the shoulders and the upper back and the chest area that I just mentioned and then the side body as well that I mentioned there and the hip the area of the hips and then I also really love to do um, legs up the wall pose um, which is uh, sort of like a supported version of a shoulder stand Um, but not as intense it's something that you can rest in for quite a long time and it is literally as it sounds where you line yourself up with a wall and then you sort of spin yourself around so that your legs are resting up the wall and your body is resting on the ground i think i'll post that um on my instagram maybe this week so have a look Uh, find me there i'm at being underscore change and i'll post some of these things that i'm talking about so that you can have a look sometimes i think it's easier to to learn through visuals or at least for me it is so legs up the wall, you can do it in bed as well, you can just flip yourself around, legs up on the wall, if you've got a wall behind you, your headboard or wherever. Um, you can also do it with your, using some cushions or bolsters underneath your um, tailbone and resting sort of, the hips and the tailbone up there and then just gently floating the, the legs up. And what this does is helps to circulate the lymphatic fluid around the body um, and the lymphatic system is is really vital it's like the drainage system of the body um helps to remove toxins so it's really vital for like removing the waste products of the body so it plays a really important role in our immune function and that's why i said about um the different areas the body parts that i mentioned earlier stretching um is because there's a lot of lymphatic fluid around those areas and if we can stretch out those areas then that is the the fluid's going to flow more easily around the body So it can kind of store and get stuck in those areas if the connective tissue is is tight. Um, And, yeah, this is all stuff that I'm learning. It's all kind of stuff that I keep reading about and and improving my knowledge on. So, uh, yeah, it's very interesting to me. Um, And then um, Ayurveda also talks about the sun salutation as very good for... winter season and um I do think keeping some fire there in the sort of more dynamic movements is good um I tend to do a sun salutation a little bit slower in the winter so I keep some of that slow soft quality and I, I maybe hold the poses for a bit longer so I work on building the muscle strength and again I think this is something that I'll post um online so that I can maybe talk you through some stuff a little bit more um because I focus on activating the muscles around the joint to to help bring stability into the joint and to help keep those muscles getting some strength and, and the joints staying healthy and actually joint health is a really great thing to focus on in the winter as well so keeping um, the joints free and mobile and that can just be like in the morning it can be really nice to sort of work on all the joints so rotate the ankles rock around the feet a little bit rotate the hips move the pelvis and um, move the leg back and forward to get movement in the knee joint um and there's a little joint sequence that I might share with you as well but it's just that simple like you know roll your shoulders move your neck a little bit that kind of thing's really nice to do just in the morning in the winter I find um and another thing I wanted to mention in terms of just working with that immune function in the in the winter time I really enjoy taking the supplement, um, it's an elderberry syrup, uh, you can make it yourself, I can't say that I've tried it, I've I've wanted to, and I've just, it's something that, you know, it's like a dream thing, and I've not had the time to do it, um, but you can, there's lots of recipes online that you can find, um, do make sure that you don't uh, cook with raw, or you don't use raw elderberries, because they're actually toxic to, to humans, I do know that, um, but yeah, you can make it yourself, but I like to buy it, um, and I buy the Pucker Herbs Elderberry Syrup, um, I'll link to that in the show notes, it's not sponsored, um, I just really like it, I find it really good, uh, it's got some Ayurvedic herbs in there as well, um, because the Pucker Herbs is actually owned by, um, Sebastian Pole, who is, um, I don't know if I'm saying his surname right, I'm sorry, Sebastian, if you're listening, which would be Ace if you were listening, um, probably not, uh, <laughs> anyway, I uh, he's he's trained in, Ayurveda, in Ayurvedic medicine, so um, yeah, I'll link to that one, because I, I take that every day, sort of throughout the winter season, sort of the cold and flu season, and I have found it to be very helpful, um, so that's a really good one. Okay, so... Where else to go now? Um, I guess I mean a little bit more on food. I think food is a big thing people think about when they think about seasonal living. Um, and there's a lot of information you can find out there on kind of what's in season where you live. And I, I really do advocate that. Um, I think it helps with our connection to the earth and and to kind of the natural world specifically where we are. To eat stuff if we can that is grown locally. Um, that has literally come out of the earth around us. Um I think that's great. And I, you know, I'm not saying that I do that all the time. I still buy stuff that has been flown across from various countries. Um but I am trying a little bit more to to buy the local stuff. Uh, I think when it comes to seasonal eating we tend to know really. It's quite intuitive. I think we do all have that knowledge deep within us and maybe we've just um switch the volume right down on it so it might take a bit of time to turn it back up again um in the winter i like to think about eating a lot of things that have come from the earth um, so a lot of root vegetables and that kind of thing um winter it's all about warm food and um, cold food's really not that great um in terms of balance and harmony in the body in the winter it's not easy to digest so if the digestive fire is slower in the winter which is it's we don't really want to be eating that much raw and cold stuff. Um and God, I just imagining there's there's so many different diets out there, aren't there? And there's so many different ways that people like to eat. So some people might be listening and being like, I totally disagree with that. And that's fine if, if if whatever you're doing works for you, I think this is just what works for me and this is kind of what's advised in the Ayurvedic system and way of thinking. So um but it really is, I think in with food about being intuitive and knowing what works for you and, and your constitution and, and where you are in your life at the moment where you are in the world all of that stuff Um so I'm not gonna prescribe a diet or anything for the winter um, but in general yeah I find warm stuff warming gently warming spices Cinnamon's wonderful for the winter um, ginger like I said warm teas um, porridge um, soups I'm a big fan of soups in the winter also, because they save me a lot of time, I make a big batch of soup on a Sunday and then it lasts me generally for like four or five days. So that's really good. Um, that is just feeding me. I'm not feeding a big family or anything. So, yeah. Um, yeah. What else? I think... Oh, colour is a really good one that I wanted to mention. Um, so Ayurveda talks a lot about, you know, not only what's going on inside our bodies and, and sort of what we do about what we put into our bodies and stuff like that and the way we move but also about what we surround ourselves with and being that like who we surround ourselves with what kind of um yeah what kind of people kind of environment and color is a really interesting one I think um color theory is really fascinating and if we think about the colors of the winter season and if you think particularly about colors of Christmas kind of the gold and the red they're those warming colours, aren't they? And they feel sort of nice to be around. I feel like if you pop a bit of, like, a red throw on your sofa or you get a red candle or a red Christmas decoration or some gold garlands or whatever, it just brings that bit of warmth to your environment that I think is really, really beneficial. So you can choose to wear different colours different for different seasons you could choose to decorate your home you could do something really simple like I have different scarves for different seasons that didn't happen intentionally I didn't plan it it just sort of happened that way and I was like oh this works quite well um so for winter I've got a scarf that's like a really rich red tone um and and that's just quite nice just a little reminder and um, a little aid I think so, that's something simple that you can, can do, and you don't need to go to a lot of effort. You just work with what you've got and where you are in your life. You don't need to go and buy loads of different things. Um, and on that note, on the environment and sort of we surround ourselves with, and kind of going back to the, the light thing that I was talking about before candles, candles, candles. Um, I can't get enough candles in winter. Um, you know, they're very hoogah i could be saying that wrong god i sound like a swedish chef and it's not even a swedish word sorry to anyone who are offended by saying that like that um i am sorry um <laughs> i've tried to practice saying that word correctly i will try harder um the, the you you know what i mean that that trend <laughs> um and that trend is a trend for a reason though I think. Yes, it's very trendy and it's Instagrammable and it's Pinterest friendly. Um, but it's come from a from from a part of the world where it's dark a lot in the winter and people really need to know how to maintain their well being during that time of the year. So surrounding yourself with that that real orange amber light that you get from from the fire Um, the more reddy tones of light rather than the more yellowy um, lights you get and and the blue, really harsh blue spectrum of light from harsh overhead lighting is so beneficial for us. And I I can't even go into all that chat about light and and light and our health and and I want to, in a future episode for sure, get someone on to talk about that because it is fascinating. Um, But fire, I think in the winter in, in parts of the country you know, or parts of the world where in the winter it's dark um and oh you know if you're listening in the southern hemisphere this is just flip reverse it you know it's talking about your summer um fire's played a part in humans lives at that time of year for a reason and it's not just because it keeps us warm yes it keeps us warm but there's lots of benefits to that that shade of light to our health and well-being um and uh i listened to a podcast episode actually of the the lifestylist podcast um with chris maruka i think is his last name and they talk about that on there so i'll link to that in the show notes if you are interested it's a long podcast they talk about a lot of different things um but i'll link to it and you can kind of dive in and see have a listen to that yourself um so i think it's much nicer in the winter to come and and sort of cosy up your home a little bit with the candles and stuff. Um, And you don't need expensive candles. You can just get some cheap ones. You can make your own. Um, I buy soy wax in bulk and then melt it down and make my own tea lights and stuff. Um, And there's a meditation practice that is gazing at candles, which I find really uh, gazing at the flame of a candle called chatak or chataka. And I find that really lovely in the wintertime to think about that that kind of um quality of the darkness being all around us but the light returning and to think about maintaining my own inner flame and and all of that (laughs) and i've got eternal flame in my head now Uh, yeah and i might chat about that a little bit more on my instagram as well um so there's lots of things that I'm promising to talk about on Instagram, but that practice of meditation is very simple. You sit in a meditation posture, you pop a candle ideally at eye height um you gaze at the flame, you settle into the breath, you just gaze at that flame and have your awareness fully on that flame until you you really you try not to blink until you really really need to close your eyes, then you close your eyes and you try to uh keep that image of the flame still within your vision with your eyes closed and then When it disappears, I open my eyes again. Um, You open the eyes and again gaze back at the flame. And that's the practice. Really lovely. Um, So what else is on my list here? Some more breath practices that are nice for winter. Um, If anybody's familiar with um, Kapalabhati, skull shine breath or breath of fire as it's known as well. Um, Which is kind of like a pumping breath using the abdominal muscles um that's very good for sort of stimulating that digestive fly- fire and the flow of energy around the body so it can be quite good when you're feeling sluggish um i'll chat about that as well um on my instagram um and you can find links to it online do be mindful of that um if you've got ongoing health issues do you speak to uh, your medical healthcare professional just to check whether any of these practices, you know, any of the yoga practices or anything that I'm mentioning are suitable for you. Um, I think particularly if you have blood pressure issues, um, breath of fire may not be for you. Also don't do it right after you've eaten. Um, so just, yeah, read around it, read about it a little bit before you dive in. Um, and so let's finally just talk about some more winter self-care. Um using that term in the way that I spoke about it with with Kat Horrocks in her episode of the podcast which is episode two of season one you know to mean much more than the superficial stuff but the stuff that really nourishes our mind body and soul at this time of year which all of these things that I've been talking about are part of they are winter self-care basically um but some other things um and how I've said that I've said oh it's not just the superficial self-care and the first thing that's on my list is baths um so (laughs) that's the stereotypical thing isn't it have a bubble bath um but no in the winter if you do have a bath have a bubble bath often um it's it's really good for you it's really warming um it's the right time of year to do it um it's nice to put some oils in there to help the skin because the winter can be a time um when the skin can get drier especially if you're depending on what sort of doshas you have what balance of the doshas you have but um if you've got a lot of uh, vata dosha within you already, then vata is the the second dominant dosha of winter, so it's vata and kapha, and vata is the kind of air, wind, um, ether it's associated with, Um, so it's all to do with with that dryness, like cracking joints and, and dry skin, So sesame is a really warming oil um, which you can use. The the practice of self-massage is something that Ayurveda recommends for the winter and I've been practicing it recently and I find it very, very lovely. Um, So you can warm some oil. Um, Sesame oil is good, but you can use other kinds, olive oil, um, almond oil, whatever suits your skin type as well. You know everyone's skin is different. Um, And you just massage in a circular motion, starting at the bottom of the body, so like the feet, all the way up. And massaging towards the heart um, and that's really nice if you've not got a lot of time you can massage just around the joints um, and that can help with the sort of dry stiff joints as well um, so um, practicing sort of a nice warm massage with the oil and then jumping in a shower is a really really nice way to start the day in the winter if you have the time for it um, but yeah you could pop a bit of oil in the bath as well you can put some essential oils in there um, I'm getting really into essential oils and I'm not an aromatherapist or anything um, but I'm getting really into learning about it and kind of using essential oils to support my my well-being and I definitely use different oils for different seasons. So winter, some of my favourites. I think my absolute favourite winter essential oil is frankincense. Um, Not just because of its association with the uh, story, uh, the Christmas origin story if, if you're thinking about the Christian christmas origin story um but uh you know it's just a lovely um oil to support well-being in the winter um it helps to alleviate anxiety and fears and kind of if you've got any of that sort of feeling it's quite calming in that way um it is naturally um like natural antiseptic antibacterial So it's very good, you know, if someone's got a cold or something, you can pop that on and and it can help prevent airborne germs. Um, It's very good for helping, supporting with respiratory problems, which I mentioned, you know, we can get a lot in the winter. So that would be my go-to oil. Um, Unfortunately, it it is one of the more expensive oils, so it's not going to be in everyone's price point. Um, But it is a really lovely one. But there are lots of others as well, like um, cinnamon, that tends to be cheaper. Um, Cinnamon... It's a lovely oil to be associated with winter. I think it's got that really lovely warming quality to it, which is really nice to lift the spirits in the wintertime. Cinnamon is also antibacterial, um, I believe, um, and has some similar benefits to frankincense in that way. Um, What else do I like? Clove. Clove and orange, classic combination that I was using around Christmas time. It smells like Christmas, and it just kind of lifts the spirits, I think, when you you can have a smell that... um, maybe you can associate with something beneficial, I know, or something positive, and I know not not everyone is going to find Christmas time a positive time of year, um, but orange citrus fruits are very good for um, <laughs> lifting the spirits. sorry, forgot how to talk, um, kind of bringing a bit of energy, so that can be good, um, and what else, so yeah, cinnamon, um, clove and orange, Frankincense. If I get a cold or anything like that in the winter, I like to do some steam with eucalyptus oil. Um, it's very good for clearing the passages. And again, it's good um, antibacterial too. So it can help prevent the spread of, of germs around in the air if you're diffusing it. Um, and lavender is one that I always use, to be honest. Um, and lavender is good for colds and headaches and stuff as well um but with essential oils i think again it is a personal preference there's some oils that people really hate the smell of and other people love so um it's about kind of experimenting a little bit with what's right for you and like i said I'm, i'm no essential oil expert it's just something that's worked for me and been really helpful and a really nice part of my seasonal routine is kind of choosing and blending the seasonal oils um and then i guess the other thing i wanted to mention was just that sense of of Making things warm and comfortable and cozy in the winter time that I think we we naturally like to move towards, and I think in general that's right um but I wanted to bring up again it's kind of like that you know that balance between honoring the darkness and the and the light in the winter time, doing that more restorative practice and the the sort of more strengthening ones is to embrace the comfort um but not to fall totally into just the comfort and the coziness. Because then I think you're going too far. You're, you're losing some of that inner harmony. Um, and, and Ayurveda is all about kind of maintaining the balance of the, the doshas within you. So you don't want to go too far one way. You're going to have to then come back the other way kind of thing. Um, and I think in general, in our society... And again, I'm referring to the society that I am part of in the UK, Western society. We have become too comfortable with comfort and too uncomfortable with discomfort. And maybe that's one of the issues a lot of us have with winter. Because it's dark and because it's about slowing down and being still, I think a lot of us have find that very uncomfortable to slow down and be still, and we find it very uncomfortable to be introspective and maybe like to spend that time journaling or sitting with our thoughts and feelings. Um, and I do think <coughs> excuse me, I do think that that's an important part of leaning into winter. Um, so I think, yes, be comfortable. wrap yourself up in blankets, do the the, the restorative yoga. Have your friends round for dinner. Share in that lovely, (laughs) lovely, lovely, loving environment. Um, It's all the love flying around everywhere. Um, Have the candles on, eat the good food. Um, But also, don't be afraid. and, And even make yourself, make time for being with yourself, for being with your thoughts. For doing a practice like maybe yin yoga which teaches us to lean into discomfort a bit um and to to see what comes up there and to meditate and to sit in silence and to sit with the the how how uncomfortable that might seem to you um in your body and in your mind perhaps um and I'm not advocating sitting with pain by the way um so if you ever do a yoga class or a Yin yoga class or sitting meditation and you feel pain in the body please move please adjust it please pull back that's not what this is about at all um but it it is about allowing that discomfort to be okay i think um and and it not to be a bad thing um and to see what comes up out of that because i think that can be one of the really beneficial practices of winter to do the journaling to do the inner work and then that really helps you build your foundations to launch into your blooming and blossoming in the spring so i hope that this has been of some use to you i hope that maybe there's some interesting things that you might take away into your life um, and into your practice and um, i will leave you with all of that and i just 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 to remind you again that it it is a personal thing and, and to really what i want to encourage you to do is tune into yourself your body your way of being in the world Thank you for listening to Create Shift. You'll find all the links and resources spoken about in today's episode over in the show notes at being-change.com. You can also head there to find out more about me, about working together, and to find more information and resources on living your most purposeful and holistic life. If you want to continue the conversation, you can find me on Instagram at being-change. If you enjoyed the show, I'd be so grateful if you could leave a rating and a review. This helps other people who might enjoy the show too to find it. Thank you so much for listening, until next time.